You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. If you enter my mind for any reason, I will twist your head off and use it for a chamber pot. Are you going to arrest me, Garibaldi? No way. I want to live to see the future. Mr. Bonova, Mr. Shelf, anybody else? Shoot him. We are star stuff. We are the universe made manifest, trying to figure itself out. All of us was for nothing. Unless we go to the stars. Sooner or later. Boom! Hello, and welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week, we review an episode of the 1990s sci fi TV classic Babylon 5. This week, Season 1, Episode 22 Chrysalis. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And, and we, we are, are the, the Epsilon, Epsilon 3. And the synopsis for this episode A non outpost. Adjacent to Centauri space, ignites a conflict between the two races when Londo gets an offer to take care of the problem. Meanwhile, Garibaldi tries to find out what his informant stumbled upon that got him killed. Written by JMS and directed by Janet Greek. This episode was released very late in the year, 26th of October 1994 in the US and the 3rd of October 1994 in the UK. We got it first. Well, no, by two weeks. How many? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. So that's amazing. But also, this is the last episode was recorded around about uh, August, I believe. It's like three months later. Hmm. Why? This is the last hmm. episode. Wait, wait, that's some sort of. Was there a writer's strike or something? Maybe. Does anybody know out there? Hmm. Because well, I couldn't uh, find out. Give it, I mean, this is hazy memory. Doesn't the next season pick up almost like almost to the day or the week after this episode? Did they show this followed by the next episode of season two? I believe the next episode of season two is in November. So, yes, it could well have been straight after it that they went straight into it. So they tied it up. Yeah. But anyway, this episode takes place from the 30th of December. 2258 to January the 1st, 2259. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. The guest stars Julia Nixon as Catherine Sakai. She makes a return. Macaulay Burton as Garibaldi's aide, uh, which she has been for quite a few episodes. Liz Burnett as Lurker number one. Uh, Edward Connery as Devereaux. Maggie Eden as Jane, the ISN anchor. Again. Cheryl Francis Harrington as the senator, and Mark Hendrickson as the non-pilot again. <laughs> Didn't this guy die in midnight on the firing line? He was. Yeah, he, so. he, I thought he sort of crashed his ship into the. the oh, he dies a lot in his ship, doesn't he? He certainly does. Unless these part of like you know septuplets, maybe they all look the same. <laughs> uh, well, you know, the, all these non-arms, they look the same. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a speciesist. It ah. is. <laughs> there are any nons, it's fine. 10,000, who cares? 
10,000, 1 million, whatever. But the best thing is the scene opens with Jakar. We finally see Jakar after how many episodes? He's here. Mm-hmm. Yay, mm-hmm. Jakar's back. Jakar's back. Fighting with Londo in the council chambers. Oh, yeah. No, this is, yes, it's as though he's never been away. Exactly. <laughs> More arguing over territory. Quadrant 37. So, um, well, everyone is back for this episode. I mean, we've got uh, Morden, Veer, Nottoth, Linnea, Jakar, Catherine Sakai, and Kosh. Mm-hmm. The whole group. Yeah, the whole group's all back. Good grief. Everyone has a story. There's, you know, there's so much going on in this episode. So, I mean, to start with, we have uh, Lurker Petrov, who, uh, as Dan's probably going to point out, doesn't finish his sentence. No, it doesn't sentence. Yeah, that was exactly my first note. Why can't he finish the bloody sentence? It would have ended the episode there and then. We it's could have sad. saved the president. All for the sake of not finishing your bloody sentences. <laughs> well, to, to be fair, he, he was bleeding profusely. Ah, that's <laughs> no excuse. <laughs> I thought the, doc, the doctor's oh. tone was a bit harsh when he came out, when he came out of the, um, the med lab. Sorry. By the time you got here, you lost so much blood, there was nothing we could do. He's dead. Yeah, he's dead. He's dead. He's, he's dead. It's fine. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Your buddy's gone. Can someone bring me a patient who's living for a change? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Crying out loud. Yeah, guys, throw me a bone. For goodness sake. I mean, it's it's kind of a shame they didn't have maybe a machine that, for the cost of maybe two minutes of <laughs> hooking yourself up to it, could have brought him back to life, maybe. Oh, don't be silly. That's no, quite no, unfortunate, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, those things, be those things don't exist. Don't be, this, this yeah, is, I suppose, yeah, that's true. Good grief. What do you think we are? 2258? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Speaking of questions, I've got a good question for you. Oh, it's not about trousers, is it? You want to get married or what? I've <laughs> <laughs> had this for 15 years. You want to get married? I've got to go down on one knee. <laughs> Oh, the old romantic fool. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. So they're saying that this is, um, like, there's going to be a New Year's celebration. Where? Well, <laughs> who's New Year? Earth's? Centauri? Of course it's not. It's Earth. It's Earth New Year. But why would that be a thing on Babylon 5? There's so many different races there. Why are they mm. celebrating the Earth one? Well, because it's run by the humans. It's built by the humans, though, was it? Built and run by. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like it just, says in the opening narration. <laughs> it's just but, an excuse then, to have a party. But uh, what time zone? Very true. Greenwich Mean Time. You'd think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which New Year? Chinese exactly. New Year? Hindi? <laughs> exactly. Russian? Which one? Maybe Sinclair will line up all of the religious leaders again. And it's like, right, which, which new year is it this year? Oh, it's you. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. They haven't actually <laughs> left that corridor. They've been stood there the whole season. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Malari is arguing over territory again, quadrant 37. Oh, yeah, they've got, they've got 50 gods and every one of them is against him. <sighs> I think I'll stick my head in the station's fusion reactor. It would be quicker. And I suspect after a while I might even come to enjoy it. Ambassador, why don't but you this, just... this, this, this is like being nibbled to death by uh... <laughs> what are those earth creatures called? Feathers, long bill, webbed feet, go quack. Cats. Cats. A 
have been nibbled to death by cats. That was excellent. <laughs> so good. I love that scene. Oh, but it did make me think the quadrant 37 is this the reason why we haven't seen Jakar for weeks is that actually he was over in quadrant 37 setting it all up like literally no one else can do anything unless Jakar says so so that's why he's been missing this whole time he's been overseeing like this you know construction project and just wanted to make sure it was done properly that makes sense I just want to know explains why. I just want to know how you can have quadrants quad being four obviously quadrants meaning you know, small parts there's 37 of them anyway that's um, how nons work. They just want to have mm-hmm. more. Yes. Yeah. You, you get uh, this Morden character back again. Mr. Morden. <laughs> he just wants to help. Yeah. What <laughs> is that get, so bad? Oh, what a nice guy. What a really nice guy. And he says he'll take care of the problem in Quadrant 37. Yeah. Millardi believes him. Well, I wouldn't believe anybody in a suit from the 1990s. <laughs> that's for sure. What is no. he, some kind of hipster? <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but yes, he does make the problem go away. Literally go away. Mm. Oh, yeah. Certainly. Uh, Quadrant 37 just gets wiped off the map. I mean, there goes that captain yeah. again. Yeah. Did he finish his sentence? Tell I can't me. remember whether he finished his sentence. <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't as well. He, he was just about to report something. He's like, what the? And yeah. straight through. Gone again. Yeah. Don't worry yeah. about him. He'll be back. But then, um, then we get a bit of a, <laughs> uh, a meeting between Kosh and Delenn. Kosh shows something of himself. Yeah. I thought, hello. All it needed was a bit of the old blazing saddles. Uh, tell me, Shotzi, is it uh, true what they say about the way you people are gifted? Oh, it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah, anyway. Uh, we will not see her again as she is now. What could that mean? Yeah. Yeah. So now she'll actually send those emails so that all the protocols get sent on time. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Sinclair goes to see Jakar. Is this is this like people? Is this like bingo? Is it, can we have a bingo card here with who sees who? Who? You know, which <laughs> characters get to interact with which one? Because everybody's saying, "Well, I must I must get a bit in with him, and I must get in a bit in with her." <laughs> well, don't don't forget Garibaldi goes down below and talks to that guy after everybody else disappears. Well, that's right. Yeah, very true. Nobody I mean, wants to help Petrov. Petrov Petrov hasn't been mentioned though, has he? Throughout the season one, I haven't just had this mental block. No, this no. is just all of a sudden. A lot was being carried on this character and this well, this guy who was getting his life changed <laughs> around and things like this, and I kind of felt like. Well, he, we don't really know anything about him, and yet he seems to have had the the correct information that Garibaldi needed to potentially save the day. It just seemed a bit of like fortunate that this one character showed up just in time. It's kind of like how uh, there's this random telepath from last week who just happens to be exactly. in the episode and solves the problem. Yeah, yeah, very strange, okay. isn't it? Yeah, again, it's almost hmm. like people are writing this. It's very odd indeed. Yeah, the, the chronicling, chronic chronicling, not writing it. These are the chronicles of Babylon Five. Oh, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, historical documents from the future. Yes, that's it. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> different franchise. Oh yeah. So Mr. Morton's going to ask for a favor in return, I believe. Hmm. Hmm. What that could be? Uh, it can't be much because yeah. he's only just getting rid of a little small problem. Yeah, yeah. Only ten thousand marines. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, yeah. 
they sabotage something or you know cripple something you know it's not like they're going to obliterate an entire quadrant and certainly not 37 of them no no for sure definitely (laughs) so uh sinclair does go to seize your car uh, but he's got a bit of a heavy schedule at the moment so uh, you'll have to come back uh, according to uh, Natoth. commander it's late I know. I just thought I'd try once more to settle the Quadrant 37 situation. I'm afraid the ambassador is resting. He's rather fatigued from his heavy schedule. Perhaps if you came back. And then um, a number of girls come out of the, uh, his uh, bedroom. <laughs> oh, his, his schedule suddenly cleared up. <laughs> I believe the ambassador can see you now. Yep. Very emb- embarrassed look by uh, Natoff there. Again, some great acting by uh, Julie Caitlin Brown. That's the closest I came to an airplane moment. I didn't really have an airplane moment in this episode, but that's the closest it came to. I was expecting like more people just coming out of the curtain yes. as the, the procession was coming out. But other yeah. than that. Uh, yeah, or maybe with baseball bats and, and uh, <laughs> yeah. boxing gloves or something. But um, He's yeah, into but some I, really kinky stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you can do, imagine, can't you? No, I'm, you know, they're into the aggressive bit. Well, they, didn't, didn't they have uh, that aggressive bit when they were trying to um, fight off a... A guy previously yeah. who come to kill him, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, but we get to see a bit more of Jacquard's body here as well. He's got a bit of the old low-cut, uh, you know, he's got the dressing gown on there. You get to see his chest, and he's all sort of dotted up, you know, spots mm-hmm. all down to mm-hmm. his navel. So Devereux, so we say that Devereux goes missing. So they, they start to look through his luggage, and they find uh, transmitters and a triangul- triangulation system. It all looks like 1950s and 1850s stuff. Oh, yeah, it looks really old. But, but Garibaldi knows exactly what they're for, so that's the main thing. That's right. He spots it immediately. That's a transmitter. It's straight away. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's exactly what it looks like. That's, what, that's why he's the chief. He knows yeah. the stuff. Oh, yeah. It's made by, it's, oh, it's made by Kawasaki. How about that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the scene where Garibaldi uh, is wounded and he's crawling back towards the elevator, uh, this was inspired by JMS's own experience of being mugged. Oh. So, yeah, I, I in the trivia, I didn't know that. It, that, it felt like a very Garibaldi thing to do, like to drag yourself and make oh, sure yeah. that you get found. Yes, like, exactly. it, it, he wasn't going to just sit there and wait for someone to come along. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it made sense for him to do that. Oh yeah, you know it's really convenient uh, that uh, Vice President there was uh, stuck back because of his a respiratory infection or whatever it was. Very true. So mm. He wasn't he wasn't on Air Force One or whatever they called it. Yes, mm. that's right. These anti-vaxxers. <laughs> not masking up, yeah, getting a cold. Yeah, just, he's, got a, he's got a touch of the COVID. I don't know. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Delenn the shows Sinclair a triangle. Yes, that's right. Invites him to her quarters and shows him, his, shows him her triangle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said pardon. <laughs> um, but yeah, but what's Delenn up to? I mean, she's been very, very strange and, you know, Pretty weird, says you need to come back here, you know, before it's too late and all this type of things. Very, very, very uh, cryptic. Mm. Very, very grey of her. Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah, and all she wants to give is her counsel. Crazy. Yeah. No, but then uh, Jacquard gets the news about Quadrant 37 and they they go through it very quickly and they say it's not the, not the humans. They say it's not the Mimbari. They wouldn't have it in them and all this type of thing. It wasn't the humans. The Centauri don't have the will. The Vorlons don't care. Minbari wouldn't do it. 
The other worlds aren't powerful enough for a strike like this. Uh, but then they say, there's someone else out there, Natoth. I really liked his his deduction as well, like how he placed it all out. Like the humans who have nothing to gain, the Centauri don't have the balls for it. You know, he's really making a lot of sense as he goes through. Yeah. And given that earlier this season, he had the whole ant on the finger mm. talk and he was willing to entertain that there are more powerful things out in the university. It made perfect sense that he was the one who was going to figure this out. That's right. That's right. So he thinks it's, it's someone new. Mm. Maybe, maybe it's the people in this promo for another podcast right here on the ESO Network. Do you like podcasts? Then you're going to hate Thunder Talk. Tasteless subject matter. Mature humor. Contempt for our co-hosts. Unapologetic social views. Edgy music. And total irreverence for the nerd junk we love. Are all reasons why no one. No one. No one should listen to Thunder Talk. Find us on the ESO Network and all podcasting platforms or don't whatever and welcome back garibaldi warns sinclair about the president he manages to he manages to crawl back into the lift he gets found in the lift and finishes his sentence finishes his sentence yes very good mm-hmm. but it's all too late yeah the president is killed mm-hmm. in an explosion on on board as you say air force one mm-hmm. <laughs> But then, of course, you know Sinclair has to make all these plans and, and you know, work out what to do. So he tells Garibaldi's aide what to uh, what to expect and what to look out for and what to do. Uh, oh, you mean old Mister Shifty Eyes? Oh yeah, hmm. yeah, Mister Devereux's mate. Yeah, and and again, this isn't this is a character we've seen, but I don't feel like we've really built him up enough for him to have had that kind of like twisty mustache, evil villain. You know, I'm going to stab him in the back and shoot him and and all this sort of stuff. I kind of felt like he should have. Built, been built up a bit more like we should have known him if this had been Lou I would have been tr- really shocked in this episode oh. I think I, that would have had way more effect for me than right. this guy uh, but I, I think we were just supposed to be absolutely surprised yeah yeah and I think what would have happened if it had been Lou I think he would have been shot and killed so that there was no mm. no what do you call them no witnesses. no witnesses no witnesses that's the word yeah 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 one of them but um because it's this this uh, new guy that we're sort of like we don't really know too well he kills Devereux and his mates. Mm. There's a turn up for the books. I wasn't expecting that. Mm. And then tries to cover it up and intimidate mm. all the other security guards who also kind of know that he's t- dodgy and twisted. Yeah. So again, it kind of feels like this should have been something we should have seen in the background. And, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, everybody knows that uh, PPGs cool down pretty quickly down below. Oh, that's of course. Very true. Yeah. Well, it's, ob- yeah, it's yeah. obvious, isn't it? Hmm, exactly. And how about that tear that Lanier sheds for Delenn? <gasps> yes. Delenn gets all caught up, caught up in the spider's web. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's a bit shocking. It is. It and, is. and so it begins, Kosh says. Yes. You have forgotten something. You've forgotten something. I guess, oh, Delenn. Yes. Sinclair's <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Has to run back and then, what's going on? What's going on? And there she is in a cocoon, a chrysalis. <gasps> Oh, Chris, didn't Chris they mention that in a previous episode? Oh, yeah. If I, mm. I mean, they could have given us a clue, like, you know, name the, name the show, give the title Chrysalis or something. Mm. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Jakar leaves the message for Natath and he's going to the home world to figure yeah. some stuff out. Yeah. So he just got here and now he's going back again. I do like the callback to the crossroads conversation 
that Sinclair was sort of giving him this talk about we were at a crossroads, but actually Jakar realizes actually we're too far down the road. We've we've gone away from those crossroads. We were just too late and something else is happening. And it's just, that's really nice. I like that for a finale, just like, yeah, he realizes that we've made a mistake and now we've got to go and deal with the consequences. Yes, so Morden and the Shadows. Mm-hmm. A bit of a chat with these shadowy guys. Yes, I think he's ready. It's perfect for our needs. No. No. He suspects nothing. When the time is right, Ambassador Malari will do exactly as we wish. Destiny is on our side. And Malari is ready. He's ready to take on whatever is needed of him. And he does not suspect anything, as Morton says. You wonder what it could be. What's going on? What's happening? Yeah. He doesn't then, suspect anything because he's, you know, one of those guys who looks in the mirror and realizes there's just, you know, nothing more that he's ever going to be. And that was my favorite moment, I think, from the entire episode was just that monologue from Malari saying mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, there comes a point in your life where you realize, you know, you look in the mirror and that's all you're going to end up being. And now he's been pushed into this new sphere and power and everything that he asked for from more than episodes ago. He looks like he's actually finally going to get. And I just, I love that. That was, that was perfect for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, one answer is to stop looking in mirrors or in that's this case, true. he's not going to have to look in any mirrors anymore. Yeah, that's it. And then there's Sinclair and Sakai at the end. He says, mm. nothing is the same anymore. And that's the end of the episode. That's it. What? But, what? 20, 22.59. Here we are. Yeah. This is the end of season one. But what's going to happen to, to, to Delenn? I mean, she's in a, Cocoon. Who knows? Are, are there more? Are there more seasons? <gasps> I hope so. Oh, Otherwise, maybe. this is a very short podcast. Yeah, and I can't. <laughs> I can't wait for you know Chikar to be back and Malari and Sinclair. Oh, oh, yeah. okay, fair enough. Maybe not everyone's coming back. Yeah. Mm. Yes, we'll find that out in maybe a few weeks' time because next week, when this comes out, we will be doing something slightly different because we come to the end of season one. The next two episodes, there'll be a season one review where we'll look back at the whole of season one and give our thoughts about it. And then we'll have another little episode with some biographies. We'll uh, take a look at individual uh, uh, characters, which I believe we will be doing a biography on Jeffrey Sinclair, Susan Ivanova and Londo Malari. And we'll also be talking about the Centauri race. So that's, uh, that's for the future. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we have trivia. And as um, Dan has just alluded to, this was the final episode involving Michael O'Hare as a series regular. O'Hare's increasingly debilitating case of schizophrenia made it nearly impossible for him to continue working with such a demanding production schedule. The only other person at the time who was fully aware of the diagnosis was series showrunner Joe Michael Straczynski, who utilised a so-called trapdoor plotline to have O'Hare's original storylines transferred to Bruce Boxleitner, who took over the, uh, the role at the beginning of season two. At O'Hare's own request, no one else in the cast and crew was aware of the diagnosis, and his difficulty in controlling it led to some strained relations at the time with several members of the cast and crew. Uh, which is really sad because it, they only really found out after, his, after Michael O'Hare's death 
mm-hmm. when JMS came out and told them about it, and it was uh, it was sad, really. I mean, it, it, it could have been uh, allowances made for him, and, and maybe he could have carried on, but uh, mm. sadly, no. And I wondered if there was something behind that that line of dialogue where Garibaldi, after he's been asked to be the best man, he says, "You know, I've always thought of you as, as a great friend." Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if that was sort of J. Michael Stradinsky's sort of way of him saying goodbye, like that was maybe put in a bit later in production, um, because it, it just felt like it was a, it was a way of saying goodbye to this character without telling the audience that actually he's not going to be coming back. Mm, yeah. So uh, JMS explains in the DVD documentary uh, the scene of the vice president being sworn in after the assassination of the president is a variation on Lyndon Johnson swearing in uh, aboard Air Force One, uh, down the uh, down to the pink dress on what would have been JFK's widow. And the day uh, they shot the scenes was the anniversary of the day that Johnson took over as president. Mm. He says it was very quiet wow. set that day. Um, Morden's supposedly uh, strings-free offer was... Uh, patterned after similar offers of help given by the Mafia. Ever since I can remember, I always wanted to be a herald for a godlike entity. Yeah. <laughs> Ambassador Koshy's line, and so it begins. And Commander Sinclair's line, nothing's the same anymore. Well, later, two of the phrases featured in the opening sequence of season five. Ooh. Many viewers were shocked by the idea of there being homeless people on the space station, but it embodied executive producer JMS's idea that humanity would take all of its problems into space. <laughs> In addition to the departure of Michael O'Hare, this episode marks the final appearance of Julia Nixon's Catherine Sakai and Julie Caitlin Brown as Natoth. <gasps> Although this role would be recast yes, the following indeed. season. Oh dear, will she be as good? We'll find out. Just have to find out. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but um, as the crowd celebrates the new year, the actor in the purple shirt, who counts down the seconds with his fingers, as he reaches one, he briefly flips the bird before swapping back to the first finger to end the countdown. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see that? I did see I, that. I, I didn't know. I did not I'll, see I'll that send you a screen grab of it later. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much all the trivia. Um, Sean, any Star Trek connections this week? Uh, there's a couple. Uh, of course, we've got Julia Nixon as Catherine Sakai. We know she's been in uh, Deep Space Nine's Paradise episode, and uh, she was in the Arsenal of Freedom for TNG. But uh, one of the guest stars, which you didn't mention at the beginning, David Anthony Marshall. I don't know what character he played in this, so it wasn't very important. But uh, he was in two episodes of Star Trek Voyager, uh, Scorpion Part Two, and The Raven Ooh. as Annika's dad. I'm trying to think who that was now. I'm racking my brain. So, Ooh, what was that guy? Yeah, I, 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 when I when I searched through the IMDb, mm. I didn't actually write down his character's name from Babylon. I should have, but I didn't. Ratings. I seem to recall the uh, the IMDb rating as eight point seven. Which, if we convert it into our out of five, wouldn't that be like four point three five? That's correct, Sean. Okay, that's what I thought. Give us your ratings uh, for this uh, episode, then, Sean. Okay, I could do that for you, Paul. Uh, let's see. It's It's got uh, pretty much everything we want. We've got Kosh and his mysterious words. We've got Delenn doing something uh, very mysterious. We've got Mr. Morden in the shadows. We've got so much fun things this week. Uh, action and adventure and intrigue and people crawling down hallways and stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty great. I'm going to give it 4.25. 4.25. 
Okay. Dan, what, what are you giving it? Yeah, it's it's a classic ending. I remember this ending. I remember her going into the chrysalis. I remember all of those little nuggets of information that we get. I remember the assassination of the president. Even you know now from the first time I watched it back in the 90s, lots of this episode was coming flooding back. And I could remember so many different bits, even Garibaldi getting shot in the back. Rewatching it now and knowing that they were going for a, a greater connected arc of seasons, I really wished it had been, you know, Lou in the background is actually working uh, to assassinate the, the president. And, you know, there was a bit more of a shock to this guy that we've loved throughout the season one is actually the bad guy. Or if Deuce, remember him uh, from Grail, if he'd carried on and lived a little bit longer and he was Devereaux's character and he was the gangster and it just this is the finishing arc for Deuce's character and Garibaldi kind of eventually, you know, sees that he falls down as well. You know, it just wish we'd got a little bit more in the background of all these little characters, all this little pepper bit of information in terms of Petrov and things like this. Uh, but, uh, you know, these are little niggles. So I'm going to go 4.5 because I think it is pretty damn good for a, a finale. There's just a few niggles here and there. Wow. OK, 4.5. Yeah, very good. I'm going to go a little bit higher. Um, I'm going to go for 4.75. I think this is my favorite. Well, it turns out it is my favorite episode, uh, equal with <laughs> um, Signs and Portents. Um, it's just got everything. It's got everybody in it. It's. I mean, the, it is very crammed. I mean, right at the beginning, mm. it, it's one of those. Again, you're halfway through the episode, thinking, "My goodness, it should be at the end by now." It, there's so much gone on. Mm. Um, we have all the all the interactions with various different people. We ha- we have um, the shadows coming back and and giving us our um, our Borg moment where we, you know, we, you know, right at the end of the season and then we've got to wait for the next season to find out what's going to, going to happen. Every character's there. So we have all of the, uh, the Veer uh, and Delenn. Um, we have Natoth with uh, Jakar. Uh, again, some nice little comedy moments there. Um, same with uh, Veer, uh, with, um, yeah, with Veer and uh, Malari with, with the cats. Um, it's, 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 Kosh is there, you know, he only says a few words, but they're all so meaningful and glue everything together. And then Delenn's story, what on earth is going on there and what's going to happen? There's all that intrigue, the president being killed, nice bit of stuff going on in the background, you know, in Earth sort of area. We know that there's you know, big problems on the Mars colony, now the colony, word I can't say, we've now got an assassination. There's stuff going on, intrigue there as well, so... It's got it's got everything here. Um, great acting uh, all round. Um, yeah, what can I say? It's 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 one of my favourite episodes. Very good. So, anything else you guys want to bring up? I think it's now just time that we need to focus on home affairs and looking after humans first. I think that's uh, that's a key note to take away there from President Clark. Hmm. <laughs> mm. Very uh, jingoistic there. Mm. Not that we'd ever see a leader like that in the future. No, 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 no. they've learned the lessons from surely from early 21st century politics, surely. Everybody knows about that. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure it's on Kosh's uh, Carter 64 disc somewhere. (laughs) Must be. Okay, so that is the end of this episode. Don't forget, you can get this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. In fact, you already have because you're listening to this. So join us again next week when we'll be reviewing uh, Babylon 5, 
season one review or depending on which way we release this it could even be biographies of three of the main characters and one of the races you join us next week to find out and so it begins if you have any thoughts on this episode why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com that's three spelled t-h-r-e-e not the number or you can find us on our facebook page just search for the epsilon3 and lights and good night This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.